following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. episode of retro pop i am your host i am the john candy of retro pop i am johnny townsend i'm joined by my steve martin my very old neil himself mr matt johnson hi buddy how are you doing pretty good uh, how is neil slash matt doing <laughs> meal we'll put the names together yeah i'm doing well i mean hey and i'm if i'm steve martin it, it means i uh, you know, I age gracefully because oh, I, yeah. I still don't think Steve Martin has aged a hair like since he, this movie came out. I've, I think it helps that his hair went white, like when he was in his early twenties or whatever it was. But he's looked the same for decades, I would dare say. I watched him on a Hallmark movie within the last five years. Don't ask me why. All right, it, trust me, it was not by choice, <laughs> and he looked the same as he did when he was younger. I watched him. He had a he has a um, sort of like a, a stand up special he did with Steve Martin. Uh, I mean, no, yeah, he did it with himself with uh, oh, his other guy's name. <laughs> oh my God, Steve Martin featured Steve Martin. What a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it blew my mind. Oh gosh, who was it, who was it with? Oh good God, I'm, he's a comedian. He's really great. Uh, I'm oh, that narrows name. it down. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Is oh, it Bernie Mac? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, it's a, it was a thing from like two years ago, and he still looks exactly the same as he does in this movie. So. Oh, that's that's insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what he does, but but good for him. You are right though about the silver hair. Uh, crazy, 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 yeah. crazy. Got to become his trademark. You know, a lot of people, uh, especially at the early age, be like, "Man, this is terrible. I'm going to be dying this." And he was like, "No." Nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, he's been he's an absolute legend. Of course, John Candy, an absolute legend. Yeah. Um, great choice on this movie, by the way, my friend. This is uh, it, t- today's choice is great. I yeah, watched talking, I watched it yeah, on the way to uh, at, at the end of my shift today. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I watched it just the other day. Again, this is one I watch every November. It is, of course, planes, trains and automobiles. Which is very fun to Google search, by the way, because uh, all kinds of things will pop up. Yeah, I also have a fun, fun little story um, in a moment. So okay, sweet, I'll sweet. let you know. All right, so this is of course appointment viewing. I think for a lot of people, it's become the go-to Thanksgiving movie, uh, which makes sense. It's kind of hard to even think of another Thanksgiving movie for me. Uh, you know, like this is one I make sure I watch before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and then after Thanksgiving, it kind of becomes the closer to the uh, the Christmas movies for me. But uh, yeah, so I think let's just start getting into our personal history with uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? 
you can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. I love this movie. Um... I was always aware of it, but for some reason, I didn't come into this movie until I was an adult. Like, I just never watched it as a kid. I don't know why. Uh, this is kind of along the same lines as Jaws when it comes to that. There's these two movies. It was Jaws and this movie were movies where I was like, you know, I, was, I do want to see that, but I just never got around to it. I don't know why until I was like in my mid-20s. And then I was like, why did I wait so long? Both these movies are fantastic. Uh, this movie is phenomenal i really truly love it and it quickly become a yearly watch for me i have a weird what's well, not weird i have a connection with john candy in the first place in that my my grandma um who's who we sadly just lost but she would always say that i was just like john candy like she would say i look like him and i acted like him and I remember when I was really young, I was like, oh, that's an insult, you know. Uh, and then I got older, and I'm like, that's probably one of the nicest things. Like, to be compared to John Candy is pretty freaking great. Hell so, yeah. uh, John Candy rules. Uh, and in this movie, good Lord, is he incredible. Him and Steve Martin, I would, uh, if if we ever did, like, a list of, uh, of duos and movies who had incredible chemistry and just worked so well off, uh, off each other, these two guys got to be near the top together, right? I mean, I would say so. Is this their only appearance together, too? Do you know of any other films that they've done together? I know oh, I used man. to get, I used to, right? I think, it, let me, let me Google it while we're, yeah, while we're on it. this. Yeah, because I, I used to get confused all the time with um, David Spade and Farley. I think they did two movies together right around yeah. the same time. And I was like, I always get them mixed up. Um, John Candy and Steve, Steve Martin. Martin movies. Uh, apparently Little Shop of Horrors as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. But that's the only, those are the only two. I, dude, I, I, I honestly agree. I mean, the, the chemistry in this is, is, it feels genuine, right? It feels, yeah. uh, real. And I think that's, I mean, that, that's why this movie is such a timeless classic because you can feel there's authenticity in the smiles and the, and the anger and the laughs. Um, you know, it's definitely more like a, a duo that I would have loved to see a little bit more of. Oh yeah. Uh, the John Candy thing is just a travesty. Yeah. All around losing him that young. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so incredible. Like, I mean, we'll get into it when I get into the history of this movie, but uh, this movie is, comes in a line of just massive hits for John Hughes. It comes in a line of massive hits for John Candy and John Hughes. Honestly, they had a great partnership really. Uh, Candy's in quite a few of Hughes movies and films. Uh, it's uh, it's just a man. Like how to this, I've seen this movie easily thirty times, probably right. Like, and that's quite a lot. Yeah, for a comedy, 
and it still makes me laugh at certain parts and it still hits me right in the feels at the end. So <laughs> uh, when the big, when the big reveal kind of happens, you know, um, when there's that, uh, the big little twist ending. Oh yeah. That uh, was, uh, that's a kick in the pants, man. It's, it's it, it certainly was. I think that that was the heartfelt, uh, that was the heartfelt ending that that movie needed to be yeah. perfect. Um, and yeah, and obviously, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more, but um, yeah, I, that that's a lost art, I think, in comedy movies nowadays. Where yeah, they have cutesy, adorable themes and stuff, and the ending maybe makes you smile, but this one literally brought out you know it brought out legit emotion in just about anybody who watched it and it had like a i don't know if it's just because of the era you know what i mean I, yeah. I don't know if it's because of the era when it was made um the throwback vibe to it but i i just i mean i see that and i, I watch the ending you know you sit through the whole journey then you watch the ending and it's like wow there's like there's something to be learned from with this movie you know, yeah. there's definitely something to be learned from, right? Uh, you don't, you know, things like you, you don't know what other people are going through, and, and, oh, yeah. and treat others ki- as kindly as you can, and 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 whatnot. It's, I mean, it's a definitely a teary eyed, uh, teary eyed affair. Yeah, and also it sort of there's a real life thing where there are people in your life, if you think back to to it, who you're friends with now. When you first met them, you were very un- either unsure of them or uh, you may not even like them at all, right? Uh, that's I honestly, I was probably that for some people myself. I was definitely a John Candy to some people, Steve Martin's for sure. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, you know, we became really good friends. Uh, you know, I mean, just so everybody knows, Matt hated me when he first met me. I mean, it was a pure disdain. <laughs> you did call me out on something that maybe just slightly agitated. <laughs> See, see, just uh, slightly. I was, it was, it was a uh, young and immature, but yeah, I, I made a comment so. about around what was it? Oh, we were doing Harley K Fape, the great Harley K Fape show. Oh man, yeah, I said yeah. something about a round table, and you're like, uh, table three. I'm like, oh shit, Johnny, we got heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't even remember that. I say a lot of really snarky things, so that's oh, I love like it. Me. That's why I love you. <laughs> but uh, yeah um but i mean everybody goes through that you know so i think it's that's another thing it kind of says it feels like you said despite how outlandish a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie is it with how these two characters are it feels grounded in reality somehow despite all the ridiculous stuff that happens i have so many just uh just great scenes that I mean, I guess this is, this would probably be the opportunity to talk about it, right? Yeah, hear it a little bit uh, when they're driving when they're driving the wrong way in the throughway and the car blows <laughs> up and, and yeah. they're just laughing. Like I, I have legit memories sitting around like my family and watch, just my mom has like this contagious laugh, but my dad does too. I get my laugh a lot from my dad. My mom just oh my god, like her laugh like is is a memory in its own. Um, just laughing at this silly stuff. Like it's the first time that she's ever seen it. Right. And she's seen it dozens of times. Um, and, you know, that scene alone, and there's just, there's just so much other stuff. It's, ah, uh, it is, it is incredible. It, it really is. Uh, you know, I like you, I, I've seen it quite a few, quite a few times. Um, 
you know, over, over my lifetime, it is a Thanksgiving staple around Thanksgiving, maybe the day after if, if things are too busy. Uh, but AMC always had it on and ready to go. Now we got fire stick and streaming and it always pops up around this time of year, but yeah. Um, yeah. It just, it's just such a great time. You know, that was such a great time period of movies, right? This is late eighties, 87, I believe it is. Yeah. 87. Um, yeah. And, and movie just content was better movie quality was just better uh and you could just uh, it's so hard to say because when you're you're living in the moment watching some of these things and you don't really realize how much like how much of an impact it has but i mean jesus uh, a buddy road trip movie two strangers and uh it, it doesn't get much better than that um the fun story i did want to mention so there was once in my pro wrestling career, a very, very, very short lived uh, tag team um, with the name of it based on this movie. So uh, I was at the time I was doing my Top Gun gimmick. All right. So I did the whole airplane, air pilot, aviator, sunglasses, all that jazz. Um, I was at a wrestling show and this promoter who I trained with had nothing for me. And there was another, they were like, Oh, they were got a tag team match. We're going to put you with this guy who was a friend of mine. Um, pretty good dude. His name. Um, he was Frank, the tank Burlington. And I was like, okay, hold on. There's something we could do here. And uh, we named our tag team planes, tanks, and automobiles. We didn't have we didn't it. we didn't have anybody like automobile representation. We just we just we just roll with it. Planes, tanks, and, and, and automobiles, and uh, we never tagged with each other again. So uh, <laughs> very very short lived. One show. I I can't remember if I took the pinfall or not. But um, but it was I wish it would have gone. So we, our gear didn't match, um, <laughs> but it was it was so much fun. I stole some in, in my mind, Matt. Y'all went over. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I took a dude's French fries in the crowd. That was pretty cool about that. He had a mean <laughs> he had a mean unibrow though. But he was like, oh yeah, he took my French fries. The wrestler guy took my French fries, and I was happy about it. So, uh, side note: speaking of food and wrestling, I went to a local wrestling show once, and I was trying to figure out who my favorite wrestler was. And I realized who it was when it was this one guy who wrestled the whole time while eating a chicken leg in the ring. And it was, I was like, yeah, that that's my dude right there. What will they think of next? I don't know. They got the incredible. pizza. They got the pizza guy now. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. So let's get into the history of planes, tank, I mean, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> you want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me, because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I love this episode already. All right, just so everybody knows, and just so Matt knows, I liked Matt immediately as soon as I met him. So <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he feels bad about the heat he was trying to put on us. <laughs> I tell you, he didn't like you. I was like, oh, he caught me off guard. There's nuclear heat. <laughs> That's me, man, going around just causing heat left and right. I mean, I caused it with another podcast recently, so that's how I go. Um, (laughs) uh, Remind me to talk to you about that off air. Yeah. Uh, So, all right. um, Let's talk about the plot of this movie first, of course. I'm sure most people have seen it, so let's just kind of go over it and maybe kind of mention our favorite parts of it and stuff like that, and then we'll really dive into how this movie got made. You you meet Neil. He is in, uh, in advertising. Obviously, one of the uh, he's trying. They're, they're at a table, and his boss is looking at like three different ads, trying to figure out which one he wants to use. And it's very apparent that Neil wants to get home for Thanksgiving. He has a plane ticket and all this stuff, and he needs to get to uh, Chicago. Um, where's he? Does this does it say where he's at? I don't remember. My mind's blanking. Um, uh, obviously see. not Chicago. He's got to fly because he's got to catch a flight to New York City. The business trip New is to New York City. City. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> he runs outside uh, and he has a hard time getting a cab. Kevin Bacon even steals one from him. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And that's when we first get the, a glance uh, at uh, John Candy, and he steals Steve's car, and we're off to the races. And then all kinds of shenanigans ensue, as they say, and the fates keep putting these two together. John Candy's character is, uh, he comes off very likable, like to other people around him, except for Steve Martin. Of course. Uh, which is where all the comedy comes from. But like, he's easily likable. He's a, uh, I've never, ever seen anybody <laughs> who specializes in this type of sales, <laughs> but he specializes in like curtain rings. Sales, yes. not curtains. Shower, 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 curtain, shower rings. curtain rings. Um, which is I'm like, wow, that's it, it's it's unique. Yeah. And he's it's very unique. good at it too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that there's a huge market out there for shower curtain rings? Well, there are a lot of this I mean is, everybody has a shower, I guess. Yeah. That's that's true. This yeah, this is great. This is a great occupation. Yeah. And I think a I mean, just a hilarious, just nonchalant occupation for the great yeah. john candy like yeah only john candy could, is incredible oh i know yeah. only john candy could be the guy who pulls off a shower curtain ring gig yeah. you know in a yeah. movie and he's like and because of this gig somehow he has connections everywhere <laughs> so it's pretty great um so you get to me and he's but he's constantly getting on steve's nerves and in fairness there's a lot of stuff he does that if you just met somebody and you're kind of forced to be in the same universe with them in close proximity and you don't know them very well. I mean, when he first, when he has to sit next to him on a plane, uh, John Candy almost immediately takes off his socks and shoes, uh, which is something if I was Steve Martin, I would also hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep it on, buddy. Um, it's just a weird thing to do. But uh, it, it kind of starts from there. And uh, what's what's your favorite part, Matt, of the terrible things that happened to them? Mine's Mine's got to be the car. Yeah, mine, mine's the car too because, uh, I mean, that scene is just so iconic. And everything, everything that they had right in there. I think his his wallet was in there. For, no, no, that got stolen. Um, but there was like imp- obviously important stuff. Uh, his wallet was in there. Their money got stolen out of their wallets. That's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. Um, and then the laugh at the end. And you're just laughing with them because you're so uncertain. Like I was uncertain. Yeah. I was like, "What is good?" Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's one of yeah. those 
and I go through this all the time, but if I don't laugh, I cry kind of moments. Oh yeah. Um, and that was, uh, I mean, that was, that's, that's God tier to, in, in oh, yeah. my opinion, that's one of the best ones. Yeah. Um, you know, so, it, yeah. So the whole time you think, uh, well, you know, that Steve Martin's married cause they, they cut to his family. He's got three kids and a wife and he's always trying to call them and get in touch with them. And, and you do see them from time to time. Uh, and John Candy talks about his wife all the time. Uh, and uh, they they go, oh gosh, it takes them what would have been like one easy flight because of the weather and everything. Um, they almost miss Thanksgiving, and he's trying to get there for Thanksgiving. That's how long it takes them. Uh, there's a lot that happens here. There's a lot of great comedy. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Martin um, tries to rent a car by himself. And he kind of loses it on this poor lady. It's pretty funny. Uh, and I remember when I first watched this movie, I was like, oh, this movie, like anybody could watch. This, this is a family movie. And then that scene happens and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, but it's but it's really funny. Uh, it, it's man, what a great movie. But the ending, the big, uh, of course, there's, there's two parts in this movie that will get you. One's where they're in a hotel the first time they're in a hotel together. and. Uh, John Candy gives a very famous speech about, you know, I like me, right? And my wife Love likes it. me. My customers like me. It's a fantastic speech. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, and then, of course, the next, uh, where's your hand at, Dale? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Uh, <laughs> that's also another great line. Uh, but at the very, toward the very end, uh, Steve Martin has left John Candy at the train station. In Chicago, they finally made it to Chicago, and then it kind of dawns on, uh, dawns on Neil that something's not right here, and he goes back, and uh, Dale's still there, and that's when you find out that his wife had been gone for quite a while. He didn't even have a home; he kind of wandered around and stuff like that. So he invites him to his house for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's an incredible ending, and when I get into the did you knows, uh. You'll be grateful that they went this way. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Because that ending to me is the perfect ending for this movie. Yeah. No, I mean, for, for me, that was character growth, right? With yeah. with, with Steve Martin, with, uh, with Neil. Yeah. Um, that was character growth. And I think in any movie that you, you watch, you want to see the character be different from what they were, what and who yeah. they were at the beginning. And uh, I mean, a lot of tears. That, that, that shit makes me happy. That's that's feel oh, yeah. good stuff. And it's it's honest. Um you know, it's it's yeah, yeah it's it, good tears. It made yes. me he's cried good tears. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So um this is of course a John Hughes movie. John Hughes was a high profile writer director. Uh he passed away back in like two thousand and nine, somewhere around in there, I think. Uh but uh, if you've never heard the name, trust me, you've seen something that he had a hand in. He had a string of massive hits. Just listen to this, Matt. 1983, National Lampoon's Vacation. 1984, 16 Candles. 1985, The Breakfast Club. 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, 1987's This Movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. 1989, Uncle Buck and Christmas Vacation both come out. And and then, of course, in 1991, and I think 92's when a sequel came out, is your Home Alone movies with Kevin McAllister. He had a hand in all these. He wrote all these, and he directed most of these. He literally defined a generation. Yeah. Oh. 
That is, is that not cool. insane? That What's is insane. The, the closest I can think of, and I'm sure there's ones I'm not thinking of to this, would be that really great uh, string of movies that uh, M. Night had, right? He had like four or five that were. He had a bunch in a row. row. Um, I mean, I know Tarantino's been limited, but a lot of his movies are yeah, pretty yeah, solid, yeah. but not like not this close of a. I mean, this is year after year, yes. literally. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. That's very impressive. I yeah, also just. I also just noticed that this is filmed pretty close to where I live, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, quite a bit of it. Batavia is about like 50 minutes away from my house, from where I live. Oh, really? So they were real close. You got to go to like a scouting filming location. I'm going to have to now. I literally had no idea. Yeah. uh, A lot of it was filmed there. I mean, I'll get into it here uh, soon, actually. Uh, But Hughes kind of based the plot of this movie. He was actually really well known for how quick he could turn out a script for a movie. He, I mean, he was just obviously from what I just read to you, he could uh, burn him out fast. Uh, but this was based on a real life event that happened to him. Uh, he had a, a some point he was trying to get somewhere by a certain date, but it felt like everything that could go wrong was going wrong, and he couldn't get there in time. Not to the extent, of course, in this movie. Obviously, he plays it up in this movie, but it's based on a real thing that happened to him. Uh, so the movie would be filmed in uh, a lot of John Hughes movies, as you know, take place in Illinois around Chicago. So a lot of it is filmed there, but also, like Matt was saying, uh, that place. What's that place called in New York? Uh, Batavia. But yeah, I couldn't. I didn't want to pronounce it wrong. Well, I I always used to I used, when I was a kid, I used to get it mixed up with Bavaria. Um, yeah, like Bavarian yeah. cream, but uh, no, just 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 plain old Batavia. There's there's a cool racetrack there, Batavia Downs Casino and Racing. That sounds cool. There's a really nice we, target there, too. It's really wild how, uh, like, local towns get pronounced differently by different people. We have a <laughs> – uh, my high school was in a town was in a town called Eichard, and it's spelled I-C-A-R-D. But anytime, like, anybody else, like, on the news in Charlotte would say it, it was Ickard or something Ickerd. like that. And it drove me bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I cared so much, but by golly, I did. Uh, so it was filmed in all these different places. Uh, Hughes, the original script for this movie is humongous. Uh, he wrote a lot for this movie. Uh, in fact, the first cut of this film is almost four hours long. I kind of wish they left it that Well, not left it that way, but uh, I would have loved to seen all, all four hours of it. Yeah, we'll get to that in a Did You Know. Uh, but yeah, the original cut, like I forgot, I think they said like most comedies... Uh, the scripts were like 90 something pages and this one was like uh, almost 200 pages long, <laughs> <So> <laughs> which is pretty wild uh, and uh, Hughes actually wasn't even going to direct this one at first he didn't direct all the movies that he wrote uh, but once Steve Martin said hey uh, cast me I'll be in this he jumped on board he loved Steve Martin and he was there for it uh, so they get the filming this Steve Martin and John Candy were, and we'll get to, uh, I got a lot of really fun stuff. In my did you knows, which is why I'm not getting too deep in detail on some of this stuff. Uh, but just know that Steve Martin and John Candy were not the first choices and we'll get into that later. Uh, but I think it was fate that it ended up being these two because they're just so good together. Uh, and they were encouraged to ab live often. Like they would goof off and just do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Matt, if I asked you, if you didn't know uh, what this movie was rated and you just saw it on regular television, what would you think it's rated? 
I would say it was probably a, a PG film. Yeah, I would have also guessed that PG, PG thirteen at most, but even that would be pushing it for me. I would say PG. I can't even standards. remember too many vulgar things, but again, I've only watched it on you know, I've only watched it on cable television. Yeah, uh, but it actually has an R rating because there's one scene that I kind of got to that you've probably never seen if you watch it on TV. But there's a scene where he's rented a car and it's not where it's supposed to be, and he has to walk all the way back to the car rental place and he's talking to this lady and he's very upset and i forgot the number of f-bombs it is but it's like a crazy number of f-bombs in the two minute span i have seen this before yeah it's like 20 something f-bombs or something like that and uh, it's pretty funny oh man i can't Uh, wait to use that as a transitional piece in this episode (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's 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 pretty great and it's very jarring because like it's you don't hear anything remotely like that for the whole movie until that part. So it's it's pretty jarring. Brilliant. Uh, so they, they finished the movie and it opens up on November 25th, 1987. That would be a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It would be the number three movie uh, beaten by uh, another film uh, called Three Men and a Baby, which was number one. And then another movie they beat it was a re-release of a Disney classic Cinderella would also beat it. Uh, but I dare say, man, I don't want to put down three men and a baby because it's an enjoyable movie, but I don't think it's near as endearing as this. Cinderella is obviously a classic, so I'm not going to put it down at all. But, um, you know, uh, this movie would go on and have a second life to it way more than three men and a baby could ever hope. Uh, this movie would also be critically well received overall. Actually, it's Rotten Tomatoes score is quite good. So make sure uh, if you haven't seen this movie, go check it out. It's on it's either Paramount Plus or Peacock. It's one of those two. I get them confused all the time. It's on one of those. And it's on Pluto TV for free. That's so make sure you get yeah, I did, did want to say I did want to say it is pretty cool that, uh, you know, it, it did so well. It was critically acclaimed. I feel, you know, again, just comparing, you know, um, there's a lot of comedy movies that kind of come out and they don't get that well received by, by critics. There's so a lot speak. of movies that come out that we high and that we hold in high regard now that when they came out, they were kind of a bomb. I mean, we just talked about Hocus Pocus not too long ago. And yeah. One of those. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's a lot more common. So uh, it, it's good to see. It's good to see that this, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it, it's, it's weird how like simple it looks now, right? But yeah, um, but 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 uh, you know, a, a, a simple road trip comedy movie did you know was was that well received? So pretty cool in my estimation. This might be one of the first movies I remember having like an after credit scene. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's a, just a funny joke at the end of his boss still trying to figure out what <laughs> what Addy <he> wants. <laughs> so it's pretty great, and I remember finding that out because when I first watched this movie, I didn't even think about that. So I didn't see that until like my third or fourth viewing. I was like, oh, man, there's something else here. Yeah. On the AMC, they used to kind of, you know, they, how they power through credits and stuff. They would yeah. just like shrink yeah, the credits really up. quick and show and They would shrink the credit screen and just uh, and show that real quick. So, yeah, it's a great little button on the end there for this movie. Uh, but that's the history. We're going to get much more into some really fun stuff on the Digi Nose. But before that, let's dive into Matt's. As dads. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> How could you rent the thing anyway without a credit card? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't. I mean, how could you do it? Oh, I gave this gal behind the counter a set of shower curtain rings. <laughs> All right, my friends. As stated, planes, trains, and automobiles dropped in 1987. Uh did fairly well for itself. At the, I don't believe it, it is uh, accounting for inflation or anything. No, it isn't actually. I'm sorry. Um, it, its original earnings were 49 million, 49.5 million to be exact. That's domestically. Internationally, it did have some minor success. Uh, I believe it was released in Germany. It was released in Germany. There maybe a couple other little places, and it did okay. Um, but obviously, you know, Thanksgiving is a American holiday, maybe probably Canada, I would imagine. Right. Candy's a Canadian. Um, yeah, so, so they sure, have their own thing. They have their own Thanksgiving. I that think. is true, too. Um, Thanksgiving is different, you know, everywhere. And most a lot, there's a lot of places that don't celebrate it. So I can understand why it wouldn't be a big international success. But overall, forty nine point seven uh, million, which translate with uh, inflation adjustment, about one hundred fourteen point nine. Uh, million so uh, pretty solid it's better than some movies that come out today um, quite honestly it ranks out so with its earnings or sorry let me go back to this opening weekend it earned seven uh, seven million which was about 14.2 percent of its uh, its overall gross it ranks as far as uh, its original earnings go it's it's 1827th uh, in earnings uh, domestically, it's it's pretty high up there internationally with over thirteen point five thousand. Um, let's see where else. It's the three hundred twenty fifth highest grossing uh, comedy movie, and again, this isn't uh, adjusted for inflation. So, um, yeah, three hundred twenty fifth all uh, domestic box office for comedy, two thousand five hundred thirty fourth in uh, international comedy. Uh, all-time worldwide box office for comedy movies, 487. Um, and this, they just noticed in this, all-time domestic box office for rated R movies, 539th. Uh, all-time international box office for rated R movies, 2,762nd. Uh, and all-time worldwide box office for um, worldwide, international worldwide is apparently two different things. Um, 88. 88. So, uh, Let's see. I had had it up. The obviously we mentioned the uh, you know opening weekend did pretty well. This it it stayed in the I believe I read it stayed in the top ten for about um ten ten weeks or, or seven weeks or something like that. Uh, it entered theaters November twenty seventh the through twenty ninth, and then it left theaters January twenty ninth through thirty first. Yes, its first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, one of the top ten. Um, its highest was December fourth, fourth uh, through sixth. It was uh, the second. It was second in there, but um, Christmas actually gave it a nice big boost, uh, a fifty two point seven percent viewership or, or earnings, uh, and then it just kind of it it fell drastically from there uh, before being removed from theaters. I did see as in how many theaters did it end up in? I had that list too, and it is unfortunately not showing up at this time, but um, it, it, you know, it had a pretty, it, it had a pretty broad uh, 
release. That would no non-issue as far as you know. Some of these movies that come out, they're pretty limited. I think Hocus Pocus we talked about was kind of limited. Um, Plant trades and automobiles were uh, was was kind of out and about. So um, that is it, though. That is it for this. Um, again, you know, favorable rate, rankings, ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, it's it's pretty good. Let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? one was home probably at my daughter's thanksgiving pageant mm. you missed him i'm sorry those those are the precious moments too they don't come back again i've been spending too much time away from home i haven't been home in years what seriously no, it's a figure of speech. You know, I'm on the road so much. It's like not being there. Yeah. By the way, I called a good friend of mine at Eastern Airlines. Doesn't look good. I know. I called all the airlines. <sighs> Matt, did you know that in 2020, they announced, hey, we're going to do a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. But... That's kind of gone quiet, and we're going to find out why. Uh, do you know who the two stars were to be attached to this? They I were, of s- course, I've seen it. Yep, Kevin Hart being one of them, uh, but also uh, a certain Will Smith. Yeah, I yeah. from the panel discussion. That's pretty good for him. He's he's moving on up with the world. Yeah, so one of really us, one himself. of us broke out. He's the Shawn Michaels, and we're all Marty Janetti's. Yeah, um, I, I hated for him to kick me through the bar, <laughs> the barbershop. <laughs> when I seen that, that that was a thing. Which I, I maybe I had seen it before. Um, I hated that. Like I just I don't feel yeah, like don't remake has to, like right. Not everything has to be remade, and uh, it was just like seeing that. I'm like, there's nothing. I do not want to see Kevin. Like, there's no intrigue to see Kevin Hart and Will Smith in the same movie, at least on my end. But you just leave the classics alone. Not everything has I, to be remade. They've done. I like them both. They've done movies that I've liked. I like them both uh, too. But it just. But it, I don't need this movie remade. Yes. If they can do a movie, but just do a different movie, just don't remake this one. It's Correct. this is. There's a lot of movies that I feel that way about. Like, man, remaking movies is. Uh, I get it. There's an IP there. That has value. It never does this, better than the original. But it never, never, and it's always, always, always going to be compared to that original. Yep. No matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a no-win situation if it's a beloved property and you're trying to, quote-unquote, remake it. Yeah. Uh, so just, uh, I, I don't know why they do it. Just, uh, you can do what, that's one thing I will say Star Wars is doing a good job of now is that it's telling stories in the universe Instead of like, uh, hey, we're going to remake A New Hope, you know, <laughs> they're not doing that. Right. Ridiculous. So, no, I uh, agree. I think I think remakes are a cop out. I think it's unoriginal. Yeah. I personally, I think a lot of remake movies are are cop outs and unor- just unoriginal thoughts. And it just it, it never captures the magic the way that it, it yeah. you know, once did. Even the remakes that I like are still not as good as the original. Like I truly enjoy, and this is John Hughes related. I truly enjoy the remake of 30, the miracle on 34th street. 
because John Hughes actually had a hand in that too. It came out in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, I really like that one and I do watch it every year, but the original one is still better than it. And the original one is incredible. So uh, they, even if they're good, they're still going to get compared to the original and it doesn't matter what you do. So I don't understand. It feels like a no win situation to me. I don't care who you get in it. It could be uh, actors. I absolutely adore. And also like, I don't think you need to do this. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Just yeah. people appreciate an original uh, attempt more so than a remake. I just yes. yeah. agreed. Agreed. All right, uh, like I said before, Kevin a ba- Kevin a Kevin a bacon. <laughs> Apparently, I've uh, I've tried to put on a, a Kevin a bacon. Kevin a bacon. Uh, Kevin a bacon. Uh, he appears in this movie. He's hailing a cab. He doesn't have a single line, but it's very apparent that it's him. <laughs> That's most certainly Mister Bacon himself. Um. All right, so you know the scene where they get a ride. It's toward the end of the movie in the refrigerator truck. Uh, yes, when you, yes. When, when you see Dale, he, if you look closely, he has a black eye, uh, when he's, when he gets out of the cab of the truck and it's never explained in the movie why he has this black eye. I was very curious watching that scene today, but here's the thing. There is a clue. Cause he says, uh, cause you know, uh, Steve Martin's like, well, at least I'll get some heat in the, because he thinks he's getting in the front. And John Candy's like, no, nah, he doesn't like anybody in this cab with him, right? Even though that's where John Candy's getting out of. Uh, there's a deleted scene in which the driver, when he gets into that, <laughs> see, the driver punches him in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of left out. And that's why his eyes are black. They just left it and said, hey, that's fine. <laughs> I thought that was super weird. I, I didn't yeah. know if it was like some kind of behind the scenes, like, um, like, why you know why didn't they or maybe john candy got into a fight in real life and they just just kind of roll with it you know what i mean so i'm I'm glad that we learned that today yeah uh it actually makes sense in the full thing if you have been deleted uh neil's house a lot of people think that it's the same house from home alone it is not they're very similar because the house in home alone in real life is like only a town away like this one's in this town and the neighboring town is the home alone house uh, <laughs> so a lot of people like to think that they're in a shared universe <laughs> i'm i'm all the way here for that yeah 100 percent, me too uh the original ending like i said before was very different it kind of originally it had dell basically following uh neil all the way to his house with neil not wanting him to so it's really kind of creepy and even and it makes Dale look awful. Uh, it's not a good look for him. So this, how they end up doing it, I think is uh, much, much, much better. And honestly, that ending is what make this turns this movie from a great comedy into a classic comedy. To yeah. me, it, it's so well done. Uh, all the all that extra footage I was talking about that was cut from this movie, like uh, an hour and like this the cut you see now is like an hour and a half to an hour 45 somewhere around in there yeah uh, all that extra footage is locked away somewhere in a vault at paramount and they've barely released any of it if you watch uh the version on tv they do put in an extra scene that's not in the original theatrical cut but other than that you can find some of them but uh the actual full cut uh we need the hughes cut and what they call these yes. give us the hughes yes. cut where we want all this um I would so happily sit here and watch it for four hours. Yes. Yeah. 
I, I would break it. I'd probably break it in pieces, but I would most certainly watch it all. <laughs> uh, here we go. All right. And that's just because I can't sit in one place for four hours. Now, here we go. Um, we're going to end it on this. So uh, Steve Martin and John Candy, who I who are an iconic duo in this, were not the first choices. In fact, there were two teams before them that were uh, that John Hughes thought of before these two. First choice would be as Neil, uh, Sir Tom Hanks, and as Dale, and this one's the one that really blew me away, John Travolta. <laughs> Yeah, you should see the face. Like that duo face. specifically, like that yes. they wanted that yep. duo specifically. It wasn't just, oh my god. I don't think that would have worked. Uh, I no think... offense to John Travolta, it would have been no. a much different movie to me. Uh, yeah, because Travolta really wasn't doing comedy at that time, right? Like I, I feel right. like that wasn't his peak. And I'm trying to think too, because I remember reading that. Tom Hanks was considered for the Super... When did the Super Mario Bros. movie come out? Um, oh, It was after this. It was after this? Okay. I think it's early 90s, if I'm thinking right. Because he had a couple bombs, and I know Hanks had a couple bombs, and they didn't it, They didn't want... I remember they didn't want to use him because right, yeah. he wasn't doing well, and I wondered it's if that funny. had to do with, uh, you know, around that time. I know, right? I, I, what a what a miscue that was. Well, Tom Hanks probably is, should be happy he dodged that bullet, really. Probably. Yeah, that, be, that would have been it. That would have been it. Yeah, I think Tom Hanks would have been fine here, but John Travolta just don't just doesn't work for me as Dale. Just, and I have nothing against Travolta. I think he's an all right actor, but it just doesn't work for me. But this other duo, while I'm glad they didn't get this because the duo we got was one we needed, I really wish that it, this had been a team. Because as Neil, you have Rick Moranis, mm-hmm. and as Dale, you got John Goodman. I'd watch. I don't hate that. I'd watch whatever those two do. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like similar body types, right? I think maybe yeah. similar person, like personalities. I would love that. Moranis is a little is is a goofy goof. And yeah, Goodman. I don't know at that time. I'm trying to think what he did because I mean, my earliest memory of John Goodman is Roseanne. Yeah, and and like. Oh man, it's hard I for mean, me to Roseanne, picture. But Roseanne's what Roseanne's definitely what made him mainstream for, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Candy, like I feel like Candy had the star. 90s, I, I feel like Candy had the star power by then, and uh, at that yeah. point, and uh, and Martin had you know Martin as well coming off of SNL and such. So, um, right, he was an SNL guy, right? Yeah, he was. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I I don't definitely don't like the second version. Don't don't I don't get that one at all. Yeah, but I would if you told me there was a movie coming out or there was a movie that came out and the duo is Rick Moranis and John Goodman, I'd be like, well, sign me up. I'll at least check this out for sure. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's the did you know. So now let's talk about where planes, trains and automobiles stands in pop culture today. Dell, what are you doing here? You said you were going home. What are you doing here? I, uh... I don't have a home. Right. 
Marie's been dead for eight years. This is one of those movies to me that is, you know, when they make these movies that are considered holiday centric movies, uh, you're kind of taking a chance. Like is it's either going to become a traditional movie for people to watch or it's going to kind of get forgotten. Uh, you can look at Christmas movies for this for every home alone or miracle on 34th street or, or Christmas story, uh, you have like uh, other films like uh, Good Lord, I'm blanking on what they're like the Christmas with the Cranks or whatever. Yeah, you know, these other movies that, that people don't think of when it comes to Christmas time. So uh, this movie, I think, also benefits from the fact of I can't even think of other movies that feel like they're a Thanksgiving specific movie. I was looking through, and uh, I was. I was legitimately struggling to find um, like anything. And I'm just like, yeah. there, there's a lot that they suggest. There's like, Oh, friends giving. And there's a black Friday movie and Oh, escape room. Like what the f- holiday, the Turkey bowl. Like these are all like, what are these? Free, I haven't even heard of half of those <laughs> free, free birds, son-in-law. Oh, son-in-law, Sh- son-in-law i do know yeah yeah but i'm sure scent of a woman is apparently a thanksgiving movie from the 1990s <laughs> sign me up <laughs> um squanto a warrior's tale is apparently a thanksgiving movie okay um oh you've got mail okay we're back as a per- oh yeah no the, the uh, only other one i can even think of is but it probably gets played more at halloween would be that um, I think it's the second Adams Family movie where they go yeah. to camp and they do that Thanksgiving play. Yeah, uh, but that's the only other one I can even think of coming close. Oh, there's horror at Thanksgiving movies. Oh, of Thanks- course there are. Thanks killing. <laughs> too easy. <laughs> do, do you know the? Ca- I'm not gonna say the catchphrase on air, but it's uh, it's it's dude, it's incredible. Okay, please tell me afterwards. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. beautiful um uh, but yeah i mean that's what I, that's what i'm saying though like this movie really benefits from that that it's the quintessential thanksgiving viewing movie it really and it doesn't really have a lot of competition which is really strange you would think there would have been other movies that would have tried this by now uh but uh you know you've listed some and i could and I've only heard of a few of those. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and, th- and this movie also benefits from the fact that, hey, it's actually good. So that's a, a one-two punch there. It's it's annual and it's good. And it's endearing to the point where uh, it's really good for an annual watch for every season. And it doesn't get old. So uh, I think it's, <laughs> as long as there's always a Thanksgiving, I think this movie is going to be just fine. <laughs> I I completely concur. I always wondered why, like certain holidays, they just don't like they have a they have a hard time like getting like that iconic film. Um, I don't know where to point the finger at. I feel like Christmas is just that holiday capitalism and Santa Claus, like a yeah. definitive. 
I think it's because Thanksgiving doesn't have a definitive icon. You know what I mean? And yes, turkey it's, is like the yeah turkey, but like it's that's not, like there's an like no, right. Yeah. There's no name behind it, right? The Easter Bunny, right? Yeah, you know, and Halloween it, has like a couple like ghosts and witches, Frankenstein, and yeah. Dracula, Frankenstein, stuff yeah. like that. Um, you know, and I think that might be why Thanksgiving doesn't have that iconic one because it's usually uh, no name pilgrims and a turkey, and you know what I mean. In in the idea of Thanksgiving more so revolves around food than it does like like an, an icon. But um, I think that helps the case of this movie a lot. I think that's uh, that's probably the best thing for it. I'm sure that I mean we've read off numerous attempts, and and like I said, they just there's no there's like minimal creativity with with non superhero films. I think at this point, non superhero, yeah. some major science fiction. There's minimal creativity uh, when it comes to putting out films, and it's really kind of sad. Um, we're never going to get a Thanksgiving movie that tops this. Never, ever. I would I would put it on my eventual grave, which I probably will not be able to afford. But I do have to put that out there because um, because it's the it's the gosh darn truth. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's we see all these movies come out and you're just like, yawn. Are there superheroes in it? Yawn. Like if they're not yeah. and even and I love superheroes, but I'm going to get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I'll see it at some point. Right, right. Instead it's not as, being, it's not as urgent. Right away. But even yeah. still, like I feel like I don't, I won't, I like I typically don't go to movie theaters unless it's a superhero right. or Star Wars thing or something yeah. else uh, along the lines of that. Um, so that's kind of destroyed maybe any hope that there's going to be a movie that tops it. And, and plus, the the ones that they do, they just they just mail it in. Yeah. Um, they really truly do. So I, uh, yeah, this this movie's gonna let you know stand the test of time. Uh, you know, hopefully we eventually see all of that, uh, all that deleted footage, all that hidden footage. I think it would be great. But um, I mean, this is this is great. Two iconic actors who um, you never really hear anything too bad about. I don't think I've really, ever really heard anything bad, bad about John Candy or, or Steve Martin. I don't think yeah. um, two good people. And the, you'd say the prime of their careers in, in some sense. They were at the top of their game for sure in this. Yes, and uh, they put together a Holly Classic. I was just having this conversation with somebody at work today about if you can produce something that's associated with a holiday, you're pretty much immortalized. Oh, um, look at Mariah Carey. She doesn't have to make another song in her entire life, but every time Christmas comes around, she's oh, making bank. Yeah, Mariah Carey, Michael Bublé, these, they just come yeah. out of nowhere and they show up for a holiday. Um, this movie pops up every Thanksgiving, and it's I'm sure Steve – C. Martin and John Candy's estate are collecting residuals from it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting those checks, man. Power to him. Power to him. But that is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, We are in the month of giving thanks, Matt. Uh, I probably should ask you this before we hit record. Do you know what we're going to do next time? Well, the funny thing is, I actually did not realize what I wanted to do until after we started recording. I, I, you caught me with my pants down, so to speak, <laughs> which is the best way to catch you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, it was. I was like, oh crap, I haven't thought of anything. And then that's when I was looking up Thanksgiving movies. I'm like, oh my god, there's nothing out there. So I'm going to discuss, uh, you know, a, a tradition that I love uh, that is special to me. Um, for for Thanksgiving, and I would, I want to go. Uh, I'm a big football guy, so I wanted to look back and go over kind of the history of professional football being played on Thanksgiving, why it is a thing. Um, You know, I thought about doing the Mayflower, the Pilgrims, stuff like that, and I was like, "Ah, 
easy. You know, it's kind of easy. I think we did a Thanksgiving episode before, like a thanks, like an overall Thanksgiving I'm, episode. Yeah, before. I think so. Yeah. So I figured this, I can, I can actually do a little NFL history now that I'm kind of burned out of doing my own football show. That um, talk about that, the history of it, and uh, and have some fun because it, it's, it's honestly, it's a really cool tradition. I, I love sports that are I love sports that are affiliated with with holidays. I, I associate Christmas with basketball. Yeah. Um, Fourth yep. of July with baseball. Football gets you know football and Thanksgiving. I think they go hand in hand, and uh, it is it, it's it it nothing better than being around family uh, in watching football, and it's just it's just an extra layer on top of everything else to uh, to, to sit and watch football. So, um, pro, uh, professional football on Thanksgiving. That is what we're going to be talking about next time. That sounds good. I can't wait to discuss Jake DeLome in great detail. So thank you you for listening. We very much appreciate all of you. Um, This show keeps growing and we couldn't grow without all you awesome listeners. Seriously, this is one of our highest months ever. So thank you. uh, It means a lot to us. Uh, So thanks so much. So stay tuned until next time where we're going to talk about the, uh, the traditional NFL football game on Thanksgiving. Uh, so stay stay tuned for that, and uh, remember, those aren't pillows. <laughs>